0: Morning, friends. For those who don't know me, my name is Jeremy Hetzel. I'm the director of student ministries here at Family of Christ, and I have the honor and privilege of sharing God's word with you today. Thank you. Man, it's great to have a good welcome. Um, I know that today is not specifically what you anticipated experiencing when you came in today. But I am excited about the word we get to explore, that we get to study, because today God's going to speak to us in some powerful ways, and I am excited because he spoke to me through this, and I get to share it with you. So, as I said, I am the director of student ministry here at Family of Christ. I've been here six years, and one of the very exciting things about being a youth pastor is you get to study teens. <coughs> um Now, some of you may just be like, whoa, that sounds fun. Um, I love it, because you are often very much on the front edge of new words, um, slang, new ways of looking at things. So I wanted to start out today by asking if any of you have heard of a certain affliction called FOMO. All right, so some of our students have heard... Preach, guys. You guys are in the know today. Um, so, FOMO means what? Anyone want to say it? Shout it out. Fear, of out. fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. Has anyone ever experienced the fear of missing out? Okay. When I was in college, I remember having friends who, it'd be Wednesday or Thursday, we'd be planning the weekend. Because when you're in college, You can do what you want, and it's awesome, and you don't have parents around telling you what you're supposed to do. And so you're excited about that, and you're planning, what am I going to do? And so I remember having friends, I did not do this, but I remember having friends who would very clearly say, oh, you're going to do this on Friday night? That sounds awesome. I'll see if I'm available. And then they'd something else come up, and there'd be a friend that's going, hey, we're going to go see the new Spider-Man 2 movie. Yeah, that came out when I was in college. Um, <laughs> dude, yeah, I'm so stoked about that. This is going to be awesome. And, well, I'll see if I can make it. Because they would wait as long as they could until they decided what they were going to do. Because they didn't want to miss out on something greater. Because they were afraid that the minute they said yes, I'm going to go to Lambert's, the home of the Throde Roll. Branson people? Peeps? Yeah? Um, that's what I'm going to do Friday night. As soon as you decided that, someone else was going to say, dude, we're going to Silver Dollar City. Dang it! I wanted to go to Silver Dollar City. And so then you're either backing out on your friends, or you're just always afraid. I think today, there is much more FOMO, Because of social media. Because you constantly know what everyone is doing. If anyone noticed, this last week was spring break. Everyone was probably paying attention to what everyone else was doing. And if you were one of those lucky people who had a staycation, (laughs) then you saw what everyone was doing. You're like, man, why can't I do this? So, first I wanted to introduce you to this new word. And then I wanted to ask, did Jesus suffer from FOMO? I think pretty clearly we can say no. Because Jesus had everything. He's God. There was nothing that he didn't have. God gave all authority to him. But I would say he did suffer from something else. And that I would call F. G, skip one more, FGL. Jesus suffered from the fully generous life. Tough. He gave so fully of himself in so many different areas that that's what we're going to talk about today. So as we've been going through this series on the table, one of the things that we have explored is the different ways that Jesus invites people to the table. Today, we're going to explore the different ways Jesus is generous and how he gathers people around him and what that looks like and what that means to being generous. So, if you have your Bibles or your phones that have uh, Uversion apps on them, etc., please go to Luke chapter 19. We're going to read from Luke chapter 19 first, and then we're going to go to Luke chapter 18. And we'll start at verse 1. Luke 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Now, stop. Jesus was passing through Jericho, which means his destination was not Jericho. He had another place to be. He had another focus, a goal. I've got to get here. He's passing through. How many of us are ever passing through places? We try to pass through Target. Maybe that's a little slow. But sometimes we're driving places and you see someone on the street and we're just passing by that street. We're not, we're not stopping at that street to talk to someone. We're passing through. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. And we all know Zacchaeus. He was a wee little man. Keep that in mind as we go through this. Zacchaeus, a wee little man. He was chief tax collector and was wealthy. Now, tax collector, so was he... Liked and appreciated? Was he loved? Man, people just wanted to run up and hug that little man. (sighs) No. (laughs) They probably hated his guts because he was wealthy. And why was he wealthy? Because he stole their money. He was a swiper. Swiper, no swiping. (laughs) I had to say that because I'm a dad with young kids. (laughs) Make sure the kids are paying attention. All right, so. He's wealthy, and it's because he's stolen lots of money from people. He wanted to see Jesus, who was walking through, but being short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. Jesus was, oh, back up. God was generous by planting that sycamore tree. I'd never thought about that until Friday night. God made sure that fig tree was there, So short little man could see Jesus so he could tell him to come down out of that tree and go to his house. He knew way back in the day that Zacchaeus was gonna need that tree and he provided it. He was generous, even with plants. It's cool. Uh, So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Was Jesus' plan to stop in Jericho. You could argue maybe because he's God and he knows everything. But no, he was passing through Jericho and he saw Zacchaeus and by the Holy Spirit and God the Father speaking to him, he said, no, I got to stop here. I got to stop right now. I'm going to talk to that wee little man and I'm going to hang out at his house. And that's what they did. They hung out together. So Jesus was generous with his time. Number one, Jesus was generous with his time. He could have stayed on task, which there's nothing wrong with that. We got any type A people here? We got any type B people here? We'll stop all the time. There's nothing wrong with that. So, he invites him over, he talks, he shares. And by that encounter, while being at Zacchaeus' house, Zacchaeus responds by saying, so he stood up. Verse 8. And I wonder if it really looked like he was standing up. (laughs) But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. God so impacted his life and his heart that then Zacchaeus was generous. Above what he had stolen from people. So God's generosity with time impacted a sinner to be generous. Pretty cool. All right, now let's go to Luke 18. And by the way, I did not pick these verses. I think they're great. Pastor Dyer set this whole thing up, so I'm just following his. All right, Luke 18, starting at verse 18. A a certain ruler asked him, "'Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life?' "'Why do you call me good?' Jesus answered. "'No one is good except God alone.' You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. All these things I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard these things, he said to him. And this is where God is generous again, because he is generous with hard words. Have you guys ever had to say something that was very difficult to someone that you loved? That's hard. It's hard to be able to speak truth when you know that person doesn't want to hear it. For a lot of us, it's very easy in that moment to just kind of ease off and and say nothing, because we want to maintain that relationship. And I understand that temptation, but God calls us to say hard things sometimes to people that we love. And so in this moment, Jesus was being generous with his words to this rich rich young ruler. He says, you still lack one thing, Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Sell everything you have. That's hard. We like our stuff. We don't want to give up the stuff that we have worked hard to earn. Um, Sell everything you have means your house, your car, your gaming system, your phone. Sell everything you have. And in the end, he walked away sad because he knew how hard that was. I think it's interesting to look at how both of those men responded. Jesus was generous with both. I would say with words and with time, with both of them. He was generous with both and one responded and said, yes, God, I'm going to follow you. And his life burst forth with more generosity, being Zacchaeus. And the rich young ruler said, I I can't do that. And I think had this more FOMO mentality. It's me. What am I missing out on? I I can't give that up. And it was much more me-focused. God calls us to be generous. And we know that he lived a generous life because of how he lived that life. So As we know, good leaders never ask people to follow them where they haven't gone. So when Jesus says, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, then come follow me, my question is, did he give up everything he had? Did he give up everything that he had? Well, let's look. If you've got your Bibles, go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2. We're going to read verses 3 through 8. It's on page 1818 in my Bible. (laughs) If that helps you any. Philippians 2, 3 to 8 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, to everyone that was around him. He lived a fully generous life with his time, with his words, and with his love because he was willing to go to the cross for us. He was willing to say, I'm gonna lay it all down for you. Where did Jesus learn to be so generous? I think he learned it from the Father. Has anyone ever heard of a verse from John chapter 3. John 3:16. 3, How about we say that verse together? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus learned from the Father what it means to give everything. God the Father gave everything by giving us Jesus. And then Jesus lived 33 years being generous to everyone he encountered, even to the point of having no home. In Luke chapter 58, sorry, Luke doesn't have 58 chapters. In Luke chapter 9, verse 58, it says, and this is Jesus speaking, because someone had asked him, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus gave everything. Jesus lived an incredibly generous life, and I think he calls us to do the same. And I think that's one of the things that I love about our church, because we talk about giving of ourselves all the time. And that's not just time, and it's not just finances. It's all of it. Are you prepared as you walk throughout your day to stop and give time to those people who no one likes, who are despised, who are different from you? Are you willing to stop in those moments and have meals with them? Are you willing to say the hard thing to the friend who needs to hear it? and you don't even want to say it, but it's truth, and you know you have to. May we be a people who are generous with our lives, with our time, with our words, and with our love. Amen.